Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicNPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest today is Gloria P. Ruiz, Ph.D., Chair of the Department of Communication Arts, English and Humanities at St. Thomas University. Today, she will discuss the St. Thomas University Master of Arts with a Hispanic Media Specialization Program. Dr. Ruiz's work includes designing and managing media and multicultural projects. She served as a producer of the network, a live, interactive, multicultural, and multilingual television tutorial program for middle and high school students in San Francisco, and at the time was recognized as the most watched cable access program of record in that area. As Promotions Director and General Manager in Los Angeles for American Cable Systems, she was instrumental in developing the first bilingual cable guide for the area. She developed Spanish language programs for employees and the public through public access and instituted Latinos in Cable, an organization that educated the cable television industry about Spanish-speaking cultures and its market potential. Dr. Ruiz is Professor of Communication Arts at St. Thomas University in Miami, Florida. Prior to her work in Miami, Dr. Ruiz was a Title VII Fellow at Stanford University. In 2001, she was a faculty fellow with the National Association of Television Program Executives. In 2004, Dr. Ruiz was a Fellow for the American Society of Newspaper Editors and completed her fellowship at the Miami Herald. Recently, Dr. Ruiz developed the MA in Communication Arts with a Hispanic Media Specialization. Dr. Ruiz's research interests address multiculturalism and diversity issues as they relate to communications and is now exploring Asian portrayals in American media. Welcome. Thank you, Elena. Let's start with the basics. If you are a student or if you're thinking of changing career paths, what is the point of departure to enter into a career in communications? Elena, I think that what's important is to realize or to uh, try to understand the different opportunities that there are when a person uh, receives a degree or earns a degree in communications. There's such a, a vast array of opportunities that can occur once a person has a degree in communications or communication arts. It can go from journalism to public relations to corporate communications to production. Through their studies, they should be able to get a strong sense of what area of communications that they would like to uh, pursue. And through the study of the Bachelor of Arts degree, at least at St. Thomas University, we train the comprehensive communicator the professional, the graduate who is media literate and can be comfortable in different areas of communications. For example, now the Miami Herald has a television production platform in their newsroom, and they also have a radio production cabin where they feed stories in the radio to national public radio, in television to CBS affiliates. So the journalists that they hire now needs not only to be comfortable with the different media and be able to embrace the different venues for conveying news, but they also need to be multicultural, or multicultural and diverse in their perspective to be able to deal with the growing globalism that's occurring in the world. What is the first thing that they should do once they decide they want to pursue a career in communications, and they have opened their mind to the multicultural issues that you're bringing up in the discussion. What should they do next? Well, it's important that they understand what, it depends on the degree that they have and what the work that they've done, but certainly when in, in considering getting a Bachelor of Arts degree, they need to, if they've studied elsewhere, they need to see how what they've already studied applies to what they want to study. And then the second thing they need to do is to visit the different universities uh, in, in, the, in their area of interest, um, the different universities geographically uh, here in South Florida, FIU, St. Thomas University, Barry, University of Miami, NOVA, and see how those programs are structured to see what areas it is in communications that these 
degrees offer. Some schools offer very specific tracks. Other schools, like St. Thomas University, offers a full comprehensive program in communication arts that allows the student um, an understanding of the different venues. How long is the program, the standard four-year program? The Bachelor of Arts at St. Thomas University absolutely is a four-year program. And what we are excited about now, we just revamped our program, um, creating a stronger emphasis in um, the different areas. We've, we've added classes to the, to the program, but always it's a four-year program. In addition, now uh, you're going to hear the news next, next fall how if you take certain classes in communication arts, it reduces the number of credits that you're going to be required to take at the master's level. Now, moving into the master's level and graduate work, you're re the student is really going to be able to refine uh, and, and create the expertise that they will be known for. In our case, we offer the master's degree in communication arts with a specialization in Hispanic media. And uh, understanding the Hispanic market and how and the communication needs of Hispanics is a complex and profound course of studies that ensures that the graduate understands how to communicate in different venues, with different venues, to a lot of different types of Hispanic audiences. And so moving into that area of expertise, always with this degree, we always maintain the concept of the comprehensive communicator. So how do you communicate with Hispanics through the print media? How do you communicate with Hispanics through the uh, uh, visual media, through the oral um, media? And in addition to that, how do you take into account the different Hispanic audiences that we need to address as communicators? The master's degree becomes even a more specialized uh, area of study that really creates that professional and that expert that can really manage the, the changes that are happening in communications today, especially in this country where Hispanic audiences are growing by leaps and bounds and are being taken very seriously by larger corporations and, and other entities. How is it that St. Thomas University decided to start the program? Because this is a new program, right? It is a new program. We just launched it last year. I have been thinking of this idea for for quite a bit of time, and it's not something new to St. Thomas University to create programs that address the needs of Hispanic interests uh, because the university was founded in Havana, Cuba in the, in, in, in the 1950s, and because of the changes of politics in Cuba, uh, they, uh, the Augustinian priests who founded it relocated to Miami, restarted the university as Biscayne College, and eventually had programs that helped Cuban professionals and other uh, Hispanics through bilingual programs to revalidate their professional degrees so that they could practice their professions here in this country. That, that, that system stopped about 15 years ago, and the university has been looking to uh, re-tie re, re its uh, connections to the Hispanic community. And we thought that this master's degree would be the best way to go about that, given the, the media town that South Florida is, the leadership that it has taken in marketing uh, to Hispanics, and uh, the demand that there is now for true uh, bilingual professionals that understand the market. Is the program in English, in Spanish, in both? It's beautiful because it is in both. The core courses for the master's degree are imparted in uh, English, and we will be having other specializations shortly that will be all in English. But the, So the core courses are definitely in English, and then the specialization courses are the ones that are imparted either in Spanish or bilingually. So, for example, locución periodística, in Spanish, strictly in Spanish. Periodismo escrito, strictly in Spanish. Hispanics and the media, which is a theoretical and a case studies uh, type of a course, uh, is imparted bilingually. 
the um, other courses, the Mercadotecnia y Publicidad in Spanish, Manejos de Eventos para Hispanos, that one is um, conducted bilingually. Um, and then Advanced Professional Speaking uh, is, is uh, imparted in English uh, to ensure the bilinguality of our graduates. Now, the thesis that they have to do for the master's degree, because we also have a certificate program, a graduate certificate program, but we, but for the, for, for getting the master's, they do their thesis, um, they write it in English, but then they also produce a bilingual five minute summary of the, of the findings that they encountered in the development of their thesis. So, uh, again, we want to be sure that the graduates can present themselves effectively in both English and Spanish. And uh, we believe that we are accomplishing that very, that very goal. How many credits does the program require? The program requires 30 credits. Um, there's five courses that you take in the uh, core courses, like Mass Communication Theory, Creative Processes and Visual Imaging, Applied Research Methods, Multicultural Communications Theory, and Management Ethics. And those five courses, uh, which are is half the program, 15 credits. And then you take another five courses in the, uh, in the specialization, including the thesis. So you can, we offer seven or eight courses, but you only really need to complete five. The, the program can be completed in a matter of 14 months. Now, if people choose to do the, just the certificate, they still have to be accepted into, the, into, the, into a graduate-level admission so that they have to be bilingual, they have to have certain writing skills um, at a graduate level, acceptable writing skills at a graduate level. Uh, and then they only take four courses for the certificate program, not not including the thesis, of course. For the certificate program, mm -hmm. they take four courses. Yes. And they can complete a thesis. They they don't have to complete a thesis. They just take the four courses, and they get a certificate of completion um, uh, for for that for that work. Uh, they can do that in 36 weeks if they follow the schedule that we offer, and. Um, uh, and receive a certificate. Now, then if they decide to go on, because, and that has happened to a couple of our students, they decided that they wanted to go on and complete the master's, then they need to complete the thesis and the core courses. That would require how many more credits, how many more courses? The, uh, again, the, the master's degree is a total of 30 credits or 10 courses, including the thesis, right? So if they've completed their certificate, how many more courses would they be required? Then they would have to take one more in the um, in the specialization, which would be the thesis, and they would have to take the five core courses uh, of the master's degree. That would be a total of six courses plus the thesis in addition to the certificate courses. Correct. And the total length for the certificate would be... You said 36 weeks? It could be that the, the courses meet the terms are nine weeks, uh, nine week terms. The, the, the each course meets one night a week for four hours. And um, uh, so if they follow the courses that now, if they decide to skip a course because they would rather take a different course, then it could, you know, take a little bit longer. But 36 weeks for a certificate is, is about right. And now we're working... I'm hoping also in the fall to announce that certificate courses, the the the, um, the, the uh, electives or the certificate courses, specialization courses, uh, will be online. We're working on putting them online, completely online. That was my next question. Are you required to attend classes on campus in order to participate in the program? Well, right now, yes, but the professors who are teaching sometimes have special projects that the students um, participate in. So uh, last year we had Guillermo Descalzi teaching Locución Periodística, and he had them go out to the television studio where, they, where, they, uh, where he worked and, um, and was able to have the students participate in some projects over there. 
um, for periodismo escrito, the students uh, didn't meet a couple of times and converse with the professor uh, via the online uh, because they had to go out and produce uh, certain um, stories and write up, uh, you know, and do some investigative reporting. So they were given a, a couple of uh, sessions to, to accomplish them. Uh, and so it depends on how the professor, right now, we have Laura Moro, uh, who is going to be teaching, again, Locución Periodística, and she's hoping to do some podcasting with the, with, with that class as that people develop their, their, uh, locution abilities, their, lo their locución. And, um, and so she will be looking to be doing different online type projects with the students. Now, most of the courses, based on the title descriptions that you've mentioned, seem to be very oriented toward journalism, specifically in Spanish. Is that just a coincidence, or is the program strong? Does the program lean strongly toward the Spanish language journalism? Well, it definitely trains people in their ability to speak and write uh, 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 for news reporting. But we also have, of course, Mercadotecnia y Publicidad. We have Manejos de Eventos para Hispanos. Uh, and we have the Hispanics and the media. So I think it's really, um, a comp again, it's that comprehensive communicator who's going to have an understanding of the different venues uh, through which uh, Hispanics are reached. Uh, certainly events management becomes a very particular skill for Hispanic audiences. And Mercadotecnia y Publicidad takes into consideration quite a different, uh, uh, quite, a, quite, quite a variety of skills and, um, and techniques for reaching this market. What is the size of the groups? Obviously, we're dealing with a master's level program, so we don't have the 150 student auditoriums, right? No, no. St. Thomas University is a small liberal arts, Catholic, private university here in Miami, and so our program, uh, we launched it last year and we started with 17 students, and I think we're going to be keeping it at that, at that rate for a while, uh, while the program, uh, continues to develop. Now that we're going to put some of these, um, specialization courses online, it's going to have a, a larger national outreach, but the actual, uh, in-class in type of, uh, of uh, professor-to-student ratio is, is very, very uh, uh, small. So, in other words, one professor to no more than 10 or 15 students, and they get a tremendous amount of opportunity to network. Uh, we have an incredible advisory board with le leaders in all aspects of, of, this, of this area, We've got uh, opportunities for them to present and perform in class and outside of class uh, to to show their the, their developing expertise. You mentioned the classes, or for one of the classes, you mentioned that the, the class meets in the evenings. Are all the classes at night? Yes, all the classes when they do meet in the classroom are scheduled at night. Now uh, it depends to. Guillermo Descalzi was, and the students agreed, was available to meet on Saturdays. So they had a few of their classes met on Saturday mornings. But in general, the classes meet one night a week for, uh, from 6 to, to 10 p.m. What are we talking about in terms of cost? Can you give us a range of what it would cost to go, for example, through the certificate program and through the complete graduate program? The complete graduate program will cost a lump sum of somewhere in the, in, in the area of about $17,000. Uh, there's, uh, as in all universities at the graduate level, what's available as financial aid are loans, low interest loans, very low interest loans. And uh, $17,000 is really a very good price for a private institution, certainly much less expensive than the University of Miami, uh, less expensive than uh, uh, Barry. And for non-resident students, it actually ends up being cheaper than FIU, which is surprising 
to some, but it's it's the reality. If you're not a resident uh, and you and you decide to do this program, and you end up paying less than at FIU. FIU, Florida International Florida University. Florida International University. Mm-hmm. For the certificate program, what would be the approximate cost? The uh, breakdown is approximately $570 per credit, right? So the certificate requires 12 credits, right? So it would be about $6,800 for the certificate. Each course is, uh, let's see, so about seven thousand dollars yeah, for tuition. Exactly, exactly. Each course is about seventeen hundred dollars. Is this program unique? Are there other similar programs across the country? Our program, yes, I think our program is very unique. Our program is the first bilingual, comprehensive communications uh, graduate degree uh, that addresses the Hispanic market. It was the first. And it is also the most comprehensive, and it is bilingual. Now, I understand, and I don't have the details of these other programs, that in Tallahassee, uh, Florida State University initiated a marketing uh, degree at the graduate level for Hispanic specialization, strictly marketing and, uh, and, and, and for Hispanic, which Florida State just started, I understand, about, about a year ago. Uh, I believe the University of Miami, and I may be wrong, has attempted to start a communications degree that addresses Hispanic issues, but I, I haven't heard any more about that development. And I believe Florida International University has a small journalism program that, origi- that was originally to train journalists from Latin America in American methodology for journalism, and then it morphed into opening up to uh, the community, at lo- the local community at large. And I believe that that is still running too. It's strictly in Spanish and it's strictly journalism. What about outside of Florida, Gloria? Are you familiar with any other programs? I believe that in the rest of the country, there may be a couple of courses being offered at the undergraduate level for marketing in Spanish. And that's all I'm aware of at this point. So you really are on the forefront of new markets, certainly emerging markets, in terms of higher education. From we're very, yes, we're very proud of that. I, we feel that we really uh, were able to identify the needs of, of people who want to enter into this field and, and to acquire this expertise, the need to be able to be, uh, to be able to manage the different venues and the different communication needs of this diverse market, the need to be totally bilingual. We've got students, what's beautiful about our program is that about half of the students were, were, were educated in Latin America and need to strengthen their English. And the other half of the students were educated in the United States and need to strengthen their Spanish. And so not only do the courses provide the training that they need to improve this ability, but also the synergy among the students has just helped the students to blossom in a way that we never expected. How did you define the program? What criteria did you use? Obviously, you have played a major role in making this happen. What criteria did you use, and how did you decide what courses to offer, and what courses, of course, would be a fit for the program since it had such a broad scope? Well, the guiding principle, as we have with our undergraduate program, uh, is that again we want to ha- we want to train the comprehensive communicator who is media literate. I, I spent a summer at the Miami Herald uh, as a fellow uh, for the American Press Institute, and what I heard time and again also the National Association of Television Program Executives, and what I keep hearing from the industry leaders time and again is we don't really need super super technicians. We can train people in our technology and in our corporate culture. What we need are people who are critical thinkers, who um, 
who understand who their audiences are and who feel comfortable in the different venues, in the different media. We want people who are media literate, and we will provide the specifics because the technology changes every other day. The technology changes from company to company, and the method of operation is unique to different organizations. So what we want is somebody who's flexible, who understands their markets, who understands their audiences, and uh, who are, of course, familiar with some of the basics of the technology. They need to know nonlinear editing. Uh, now they need to become familiar with uh, the, the different uh, audio uh, developments, like this podcasting. Uh, but beyond that, what they want are people who can think critically while having the expertise in the particular market. And, and also the language skills uh, to be able to convey this information in a professional manner. And so that's what we based uh, our choices of courses in. We said, well, what are the most important areas that, uh, that involve reaching out to Hispanics uh, in this country, in the United States? Uh, well, we, first of all, we need to have a fundamental understanding of how, what relationship Hispanics have with the media. And not only in this country, but we also need to understand what's happening in Latin America. That's the course Hispanics in the Media, which is a required course for the for the master's degree within the specialization courses. Uh, locución periodística. So many of us that uh, either even if we were raised and educated in Latin America, don't have the practice of speaking to the to the public or speaking before a camera or for the radio. Uh, to larger audiences in Spanish. Uh, also, if we have heavy accents from our countries, we need to learn how to make ourselves understandable to larger audiences uh, and have that option for us. And then for those of us that were raised here in the United States, we need to have the practice of expressing abstract ideas and complex issues in the Spanish language so that we go beyond our home Spanish for that, and so that's how locución periodística was designed. Periodismo escrito, uh, not only how to develop stories in Spanish by using the right psychology and the correct writing style, but also, which is what how the people educated in Latin America benefit from the course because they really get into the stylistic writing. But then, for, again, for those of us that were raised here, how to write in Spanish and not have it be a direct translation from English. Uh, and certainly to improve our our grammar and and basic uh, writing skills in Spanish. Who's the ideal candidate for this program? Well, we have a, a variety of ideal candidates. For example, we have people who it, who uh, have graduate degrees. We have uh, people who were professionals in their country. Uh, one uh, person, for as a one specific example, she was a lawyer in her country and wanted to enter the field of communications. And uh, and so per pursued this degree, and she is being very. At first, she started thinking she wanted to be a journalist, and she got, got had opportunities uh, at the Miami Herald and at the Tampa Tribune. But now she's seeing that she's more interested in events management and public relations, and so she's pursuing that venue. In fact, she's putting together for us now our event that's uh, uh, scheduled for later this uh, this year. So that's one type of candidate. She was. Uh, these, some people are uh, educated in Latin America, need to improve their English, need to learn the American, the, the way the United States operates in the media, and they need that type of, oh, and they want to make a career change. The other candidate is the person who is educated in this country and uh, is very interested in dealing with the Hispanic market and needs to develop the sophistication to, to, to work with that market. So uh, uh, some people we've had that were already work in the media and have more or less entry-level positions or semi-professional positions and uh, are looking to move up in their organization or in the industry. And we've had a couple of success stories with that already where one of our students has her own talk show uh, in Univision now in the mornings. Um, so we're very, we're very, very proud of her. So essentially, for those students, they're using it as a way to move up the communications ladder. Either to enter it because they they were professionals 
in another area and they want to enter the, the field at a certain, you know, at a professional level, or, yes, they work within media and they want to um, uh, advance. What opportunities, if any, are you seeing surface on the part of the media themselves? Are different media outlets supportive of the program? Are any of them covering the expense of the master's program for their current employees, that kind of a thing? Well, some media organizations already have employee uh, education, uh, employee education reimbursement. And in fact, surprise, it, it, you'd be surprised at how many companies do do that. So that is definitely an area of support for people who already work in, in the media. Uh, we're also talking to some media outlets about holding the classes at their facilities, and hopefully we'll be hearing news about that in the near future. Uh, so they're very excited about embracing uh, the graduates and wanting to speak with them. We, uh, as I mentioned before, we have this advisory council for the program with representatives like Raul Martinez, the ex-mayor of Hialeah, who is actually a very big media person, has a lot of media uh, contacts. We have uh, Frank Nero, the president of the of the Beacon Council, Liza Gross, um, executive, one of the uh, managers for the Miami Herald, um, and the list uh, goes on like that. And these people also have offered to meet individually with our graduates to orient them to, to help them network and orient them into, uh, into the professional field in communications. So um, I think that there's a lot of support and there's going to be a lot more support forthcoming for this program as we keep developing it. Are you getting students from outside the area, from outside Miami or even outside the state? Well, I've had calls, but it seems that it's um, from people who are working people, working professionals, and so they can't really move here. And thus, that is why we're going to at least start with the specialization courses. Four of them are going to go online, hopefully by the fall, and then we'll be able to reach out nationally to to those uh, to those interests. Excellent. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be excited about that. What are the criteria to be able to teach one of these courses? Well, there's two. We either have to have a Ph.D., right, in communications, as, as uh, several of us do, uh, or, and, and, and we have St. Thomas University. It's a combination of St. Thomas University uh, professors uh, teaching most of the core courses, and then in the specialization courses, we like to get practitioners, and with practitioners, uh, people who have an extensive resume, extensive professional experience, and have a graduate degree, a master's degree, we can have them teach the uh, the specialization courses. So, for example, Guillermo Descalzi uh, received his uh, his master's degree in his native country, and uh, has had, as we all know, um, years of experience in locución. And so he was eligible to teach the person who taught the um, periodismo escrito. Uh, Raúl Ortiz Berea was an editor uh, in, in Argentina of, um, of, um, of, of a daily newspaper. And he also was a professor in his country and a lawyer. So we have people from these, uh, Dr. Susan Angulo, who is our own St. Thomas University assistant to the provost, uh, she and her husband, Jaime Angulo, were the founders of the Miami Latin Film Festival, and she's teaching the Manejo de Eventos para Hispanos. Um, Dr. Phil Shepardson, our own uh, faculty, teaches advanced professional speaking, and he had his own uh, television show. Not only does he have his Ph.D. in communications from Boston, but he also uh, had his own tele children's television show for years through NBC in that Northeast area. So we have a, a mix of practitioners, always with their graduate degrees, and of, um, and of, um, of fac full-time faculty from St. Thomas University. Now we just um, uh, are having Laura Moro this time teach Locución Periodística, and Laura, who is also from Argentina, ran communication arts programs in Argentina, 
and was uh, a, a tremendous uh, media personality, journalist, and uh, television personality in Argentina. And now already she's only been here two years, and she has her own uh, is going to have her own show on Radio Caracol. So um, the diversity of the professors, we try to keep the also the 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 perspective as Pan American as possible, respecting the diversity of Hispanic. Uh, audiences and, and what we're studying, the Hispanic market and community. So our professors come from uh, a lot of different perspectives uh, within the Latin community. Is it easy for you to recruit the practitioners? Are they willing to dedicate one four, hour, four hours a night once a week? Uh, it's hard, <laughs> and we work very hard at it. And, uh, and, uh, but we do find the talent and, you know, they get very excited when they hear about the program and that they could uh, help to, to get the word out about Hispanic, uh, uh, and the importance of the Hispanic community and markets. So, uh, we have to plan it, uh, but certainly, yes, they are willing to, uh, I have found a tremendous amount of support throughout the community, support and interest for this program and the understanding of the need for this program, uh, which is also very important. Because, you know, we can always pull in talent from Latin America, but sometimes the talent is not versed in, in, in the way the United States conducts its uh, communications, uh, or they don't have the whole versatility of all of um, a full understanding and a personal experience of all of the uh, Latin cultures that come from Latin America and from here, and also to understand the American Hispanic culture, which is an, an entity in and of itself, right? So uh, um, people understand um, how profoundly trained we need to be in order to move forward the market and to move forward within the profession um, uh, so that we can all succeed with this. For any potential instructor candidates that might be listening to our podcast today, what kind of criteria are you looking for and what, what should they do? Is there somebody listening to us today who would like to participate as an instructor in the program or, or who would like to participate in the program as a student, what should they do? Well, they should really call me. <laughs> they should call me or email me. Um, they can call me at 305-628-6508. Uh, leave a message. I get, try to get back to, uh, my phone calls within 24 hours. Uh, or they can email me, which is also very good, uh, and it's G-R-U-I-Z at stu dot edu so g r u i z at stu for st thomas university dot edu should they send you for example if it's somebody who is interested in being an instructor should they send you a resume what basic criteria you mentioned that they need to have a master's degree right oh, right at the very minimum that a master's degree if if they have extensive experience in their area like if they've been uh, uh, director of a, of a, of a, you know, a marketing firm for years, and then they, they also have a master's degree, then that would, I think, constitute, because remember, we are accredited, and we have to answer to the accrediting bodies, and we can explain that if a person has significant life experience along with a master's degree, that that can, uh, justify uh, take the place of the of, of the PhD, but it has to be significant uh, experience. Or if not, you know, the PhD w with some experience, like myself. You know, I worked for years in the media, and I also have my PhD. I'm not a Guillermo de Scalzi, but uh, but I ha also have my PhD from Stanford. So you know, it's got to be a, a mix, uh, the appropriate mix. And yes, when they send me an email they should certainly attach a resume so I can take a quick look at it uh, and then see where we take it from there. And you also mentioned the program is bilingual, so they need to be bilingual as well. Oh, absolutely. That goes without saying. Absolutely have to be uh, perfectly bilingual 
in uh, in um, well, no, I, it, 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 I take it back. For like, for example, locución periodística, what I need is perfect Spanish, right? And uh, and that's where the strength has to come in. So depending on the course, but yes, they have to be bilingual because they have to function within the within the confines of the university and our system, and and also some of the courses are taught bilingually, so we need that English to be impeccable too. They should have a graduate degree. Lots of experience. A Ph.D. would be even better. Exactly. And they need to be bilingual. Exactly. What kinds of materials are you using as resources for your coursework? Well, our library, of course, is building its collection on the different areas of uh, Hispanic audiences and media. But we are also uh, have inter Internet uh, uh, and search engines. Uh, to which we subscribe that expand our access to information about uh, Hispanic markets and audiences and, and communications uh, a, a, a hundredfold so that we are able to um, uh, get the information that we need for uh, our students in a very uh, efficient manner through these different search engines and interlibrary relationships that our librarian has so well set up. Are there any textbooks, any reference books, any materials that you would recommend to our listeners who want to get a better understanding of the program and the issues related to it? Well, I've got one book that I use for Hispanics in the media, one of, of several, but it's called Making Latino News. And I thought that that was a really uh, comprehensive look at uh, the representation of Latinos or la representation or lack of representation of Latinos in mainstream uh, media. And then the other one uh, that we are using is um, El Entrenador Personal uh, para el Periodista, which is the one for Locución Periodística. And that book comes out of Argentina. It's very um, easy to read. Uh, very quick, um, you know, quick access to finding the different air topics, and uh, it's being used as one of the textbooks for Locución Periodística. Uh, uh, books like uh, Class, Gender, and uh, Race uh, in the Media, uh, which is used for uh, mass communication theory, and it's used for multicultural communications. Uh, we have books of that of that type. We've got another one called Latino Popular Culture, uh, which is another one that's used among these different core courses. Um, so there's, there's, there is a little bit out there that we can that we can learn from in uh, through through reading. And in addition to that, of course, you have the web, and yes. you have started to organize some events. I know that you have an event coming up that you're very excited about. Tell us about it. Oh, absolutely! On April eighth. Uh, we are having talk about support from the uh, from the industry. We are having an incredible conference, which is free to the public, and it is called um, Hispanic Communications Nuevos Horizontes. Our keynote speaker is Aida Levitan, who we all know as the guru of Hispanic marketing. Uh, we have two panels. One is going to discuss alternative venues for journalism and public debate. In other words, possibilities like just the telenovela. Could the telenovela be a vehicle for um, for imparting news or, or, or generating public debate? And uh, among other panelists, uh, Arnaldo Limansky, the creative director for uh, for Telemundo, is going to be a, a, a panelist. We've got Dr. Richard Pineda from the University of Texas. Who is going to be presenting um, in that in that panel? Um, and then we have another panel, and there's going to be other other personalities in um, uh, in in that in that panel. Then on the other uh, on the other panel, we have uh, opportunities within Hispanic media, and we're having quite a few different perspectives presented there. For example, Cesar Pizarro, he's the general uh, business manager for the Nuevo Herald. And he's going to talk about opportunities within the print media. 
Uh, we've got Dr. Sandra Benedet from uh, Roosevelt College uh, in Chicago, and she's going to talk about literary opportunities uh, within uh, that medium, uh, how to, you know, publishing opportunities. We've got, um, let me see, who else do we have in this? Um, Pamela Silva. Pamela Silva, who is our star student. Uh, she was uh, the young lady that began in Univision and uh and now has her own um has her own uh a program of which we're very very proud um uh she's going to be talking about that type of uh that type of venue and um we've got um Silvia Mejia going back to the alternative venues for journalism and public debate Silvia Mejia is a Colombian cineasta filmmaker and uh, she's going to be talking about how how video and filming can be used for uh, personal transformation within Hispanic groups. Uh, so that she's had some projects that she's worked on that have been incredibly interesting. Mario Vergiri-Sang, who was the creative director uh, uh, for Aida Levitang's original company, and he teaches our marketing class. He has a Ph.D. in film studies and was the marketing creative director for Ida Levitang for years. And he's going to be talking about opportunities in marketing uh, for for Hispanic uh, media. So it's going to be pretty exciting, uh, the event. We will have a continental breakfast served at 9 in the morning to the public. We were going to, we're going to be offering certificates of attendance to those people who would like to get that. And this is taking place at St. Thomas University in the Bobcat Hall of Fame from 9 a.m. from 9 a.m. to 1:30 p.m. on April 8th, that's Saturday, April 8th, 2006. And the title again is Hispanic Communications: New Horizons. Exactly. Nuevos Horizontes. Mm-hmm. But it will be in English, right? It's actually done bilingually. Uh, we have we have the uh, we have the panelists speaking in the language of their choice, and the audience asking questions in the language of their choice. And we are making the assumption that uh, all people can understand a certain level of both languages. Is this, the, this is obviously the first program that you organize, the first event, right? No, actually, we had one last year that was very, very successful um, uh, along similar lines. And... Uh, and this is our second one, so we are trying to maintain a tradition of, um, of, 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 of having these conferences once a year open to the public. What other programs are you planning? As far as the studies go, we uh, are adding another specialization, so we keep the core courses the same at the master's degree. Uh, we, uh, of course, always having a multicultural perspective. That's something that our communication arts, both undergraduate and graduate, has that emphasis on multiculturalism. So uh, we are going to add it, but we're going to add a new specialization called electronic media arts. It's going to be the course is going to be all taught in English. It's electronic media arts, and it's going to be looking at um, uh, the visual arts like you know video gaming and uh any other current trends that are happening in um in electronic media art what other big trends do you see you're out there on the edge you're in the field you're working with the students you're working with the instructors and the other professors what other trends do you see what's the big picture going to be like at the national level uh, other trends for the Hispanic market within communications? Absolutely. Um, well, I think that there's going to be a strong, this is my, per- maybe it's my bias, but I think there's going to be a stronger look at this issue of bilingualism and the English speaking and the English speaking, um, Hispanic market. Uh, I, right now I think that the major Hispanic, uh, Spanish language entities, and they're correct, uh, the majority are uh, more on the Spanish-speaking side than on the bilingual or English. But I think that those numbers are going to change as we multiply and as immigration continues uh, into this country. Uh, so I think that that's going to be a very important uh, 
area to look at is the linguistic uh, presentation of outreach to Hispanics. And, and that's been an ongoing debate and study, and I think it's going to get more intense. The second one is um, the understanding of immigration policy. It's, it's, it's getting um, very difficult now to um, remain in this country, to enter this country uh, from a Hispanic perspective, and I think that that whole area of study needs to be like a public policy is, is, is going to be very important. How do you communicate that information? is going to be a very important um, area of study. And then, of course, on the technological side, I, I think that um, uh, innovations like um, instant, instant translations, um, we're going to probably see more channels with, oh, I forget the, the, the little expression now, when you, um, when you can turn to a certain channel and it comes out in Spanish instead of, instead of English. Um, so we're going to see a lot of this instantaneous uh, translating and the podcasting um, is all going to affect our outreach to uh, Hispanic markets. Uh, and certainly, uh, we've always been hearing how mm, American corporate, United States, American uh, corporations from the United States are um, mm, starting to look at the Hispanic market, but then, but then it kind of dies down and the advertising dollars aren't really there. And I think that that's really going to change, that the marketing to Hispanic audiences is going to become more integrated, both within the English-speaking uh, venues. You're going to see more outreach to Hispanics, and then also Spanish language uh, marketing will probably increase quite a bit, too. Gloria, thank you for joining us. And to our audience, thank you for listening to today's interview with Gloria P. Ruiz. Ph.D., Chair of the Department of Communication, Arts, English, and Humanities at St. Thomas University, brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicNPR.com, providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Thank you, Elena, and, and keep up the wonderful work that you do.